Hello and welcome back to the League of Ultimate Questing, brought to you by the one and only Nexus Enterprise. The Ivory Lions went head to head with what experts are calling a baby god in order to liberate a Githyanki astral crew from a lifetime of tyrannical rule. The Towerborn have been shipwrecked on a mysterious unmapped island inhabited by turtle folk and violent dinosaurs. And the Mortal Dawn have been hired to track down a stolen egg by a wealthy Elkaran noble on the Gym Coast. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. And with me in the booth is the large and lovable Stormclad Thundertongue. Let me tell you, Kip. You can practice swordplay from the day you can walk until you reach champion tier. But all the parries, thrusts, and reposts in the world ain't worth squat diddly with 2,000 pounds of Mega Raptor charging your way. I'm just surprised they didn't try to ride it. I don't know what it is about dinosaurs that make people want to ride them. They're dangerous. They eat people. No one wants to ride a shark. No, I'm a little sad. I never got any god blood on my hands during my days in the sun. But I'll take a dino battle consolation prize any day. And BT dubs, riding a shark sounds cool as hell. You know those things can see in the dark and have 360 degree vision? I'll hunt you down for days without stopping. Huh. But that old drop of blood from a mile away thing is bogus. It's more like detecting one part per million of blood in water. Well that's... wow. What? I like sharks. And speaking of hunting things down, I think it's time we check in on the Mortal Dawn as they vie to track down a strange item in a strange land. Join us as we head north to Denmazir and see how the mystery unfolds. We find the Mortal Dawn at Villa Hakima, confronted with Den Matron Naruzaka, the leader of a group of Azure Scale Drakkar that work for Hab Hakima. She has told you that their clan has recently encountered an egg thief, and you have been hired to resolve this issue. You were sitting in a very comfortable smoking den with her and a clutch of little babies that are just kind of clawing and climbing all over her like she's a cat tree, and she just <laughs> manages them without skipping a beat, picking one up and setting it on her knee, and it just moves about, and she has a very mature and calm energy about her. She seems like a very refined individual. Totally not important. Aren't dragonborn born full size? They age quickly. Oh, okay. Gotcha. For some reason, I, I figured they were like snakes, where it's just like pop, and we're mostly big. I mean, snakes well, are pretty mean, small when they're born. Well, true. What's but like the birthing like oh, eggs. eggs. But I, I'm, I'm saying if they were born full those size, are big eggs. Fair. Fair. Oh God! <laughs> just burst out. <gasps> these are these are hatchlings, and they're adorable. Fair mm. enough. And they're just like cooing and. Oh. <laughs> I, I have to say, Chris was very shocked. It was like, oh, it's just one person birthing a bunch of babies. Like, mmm. Brood mothers. Mmm. The best. That sounds terrifying. Will you help us find the Embelacra? Embelacra? What is that? They are an egg thief. Oh. And you can yes. tell Haruthax is visibly like angry about this. There is no greater crime in Drakkar culture than the taking of sacred eggs. I think you will find in most cultures the stealing of babies is not exactly uh, appreciated. We have come a long way from Salvarax. The crimes there are punishable by death on this spot. But we wish the return of the eggs. What happens to the criminals? We do not care. I do. So do I. I assume that the laws of Alcara do not extend below the sea. Hmm. They must have come from the water, yes, into the grottoes where the eggs are kept. Look, as far as I can tell, there are one of two reasons I can think to have a dragonborn egg. One is to raise it as a slave. The other is to eat it. What? Either way, I'm not happy about this. I will show you to the underground if you wish, and you may explore and maybe look for clues. The sooner you start, the better. My people will not interfere, but try not to do the same to them. Uh, are the predators that are known for stealing eggs? The same predators that are dangerous to humans and dwarves and elves may be the same that would be dangerous to young dragonborn hatchlings. Hmm. But it takes quite a pair of balls to go into a dragonborn den and steal their children. There was much stealth and subterfuge involved. There are 15 clan members below. We rest in shifts, so they were very sneaky. This tells me it's likely not to be a creature of some kind. I'm thinking an organization. Oh. Either that or one very ambitious person. K 
Can you describe to us the night of the kidnapping? Many of the young dragonborn were out at sea, scouring the bottoms using our nature magic to breathe in the ocean. (laughs) Scouring the bottoms? bottoms. (laughs) It's literally just me at any nightclub. (laughs) Scouring the bottoms. (laughs) Okay. Can't tell if that means you're an ass man or or you're a top. Little column B. Little column B. I need like a full little column B. Oh, God. Yes. Valid. Anyway, back to detective work. Our job is finding out about the Dragonborn's lost children who have been stolen or they're in danger. If it helps, Artem is not an ass man. Yeah. I was resting with the clutch that I laid 20 days ago. I rest and meditate in prayers to the homeland. And when I awoken from a deep slumber, they were gone and one of the guards was dead. Wait, the the clutch that you were with is the clutch that... Yes, four eggs. (sighs) Brazen. The dead guard. Can we see the body? It's possible Artyom and I will be able to discern something. I will show you. Come with me. And she rises and picks up one of the babies who's trying to scamper away and puts it back on her shoulder. <laughs> they are quite playful at this age, yes? Do you wish to hold one? Yes, I would love to. And she hands you one of these little wormlings and it immediately like sinks its claws into your soft skin and begins to climb you oh, like a... No, I'll take one. Nice. She hands one to you as well. And again, there's immediate gashing and cut. I give it kind of like a, an examination. Right. Check its health, make sure it's all right. And sure. Tendrils from my arm reach out and I'm like, no. No, but it's not. <laughs> just so cute. Oh, that's so fifteen. Do seems like a healthy little baby. Yeah, I'm looking for the reptile rape hooks that they have. Those like latch on <sighs> things. Mm. Is this female? Well, when you start looking this? at one part, it's immediately replaced with another. As this thing's just in constant squirm mode, like a double helix, just constantly folding in on itself. You're not making these easier. <laughs> <laughs> And they're used to putting their claws against the firm, thick scales of the matron. So your guy's soft flesh is just like tapioca to their sharp meat hooks. Little hook locks. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so they're cute, but there is some bleeding. Den matron, when was this? How long ago? What day? The eggs have been missing for about four days. I told Habakma to seek help immediately. I am living for this Arvid leading the investigation bit. This totally. is great. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who has the hat, right? I got it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Right. But you refused or you, you learned about the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what? The hat? The pipe? The pipe from back in that one episode with the robots? Well, I was talking about the, oh. the hookah out on the doing oh. a Sherlock Holmes thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. I love it. It was my, where my brain was. That's good. That's good stuff. Come with me to the caverns. And uh, she leads you to the back of the villa where it goes out onto the kind of beachfront. And there is a series of like stone archways that lead out into the ocean. And you go down a walkway and go back in underneath where the villa would be kind of built over the water. And there's a series of stone caverns. They're very beautiful and low ceilinged with kind of glistening blue reflective water. And they kind of web out into a series of caves. You can smell like sulfur underground here. And there are many shallow, wide pools of this warm water overlooking a sandy nook that leads in. And there are a series of blue-scaled dragonborn. Some of them are coming up out of the ocean with these nets full of flotsam and jetsam that they've collected out in the water. And other ones are laying out on these flat rocks. Some of them are bathing in these hot pools of water. Very calm, quiet energy down here. All of these dragonborn are like normal blue scale dragonborn, right? Yep. Um, They're a specific kind of uh, azure scale drakar. Okay. That are very keen to the water. They can hold their breath for a super long time. Do any of them react to me being a shadow scale or do they just kind of like, eh, it's Alcara. There's a lot of dragonborn here. You can sense a little bit of... Uh, attention from like the den matron when she was talking to you mm-hmm. there was maybe a slight change in her tone so there is a, a like a barrier between you okay but they're being very polite and almost ignoring you while you're down here and she says this is where we work and where we wash and where we sleep the caverns are very comfortable i will take you to the clutch and deep in the back further underground where it gets much darker and somehow warmer probably from the sulfurous pools Um, There's a wide room that's kind of dug deep into the earth. And instead of stone, there's like soft sand and 
shredded up tree, like a bedding. And there's a very nice pillowy mattress laid out in the center of it. And there are eggshells kind of spread around. And there, clearly moved into the room, is the dead body of one of these Azure Scale Drakkar that has clearly been lifeless for a few days now. Before the boys take over with the investigation, I'd just like to, was there anything like a latches or security measures on our way in? Before we pass this to the CSI <laughs> get it back to the lab. So when you enter uh, what they're calling the clutch, you can see that coming out of the water, there's a pretty straight shot if you knew where you were going to get into the cave, but there are Drakkar moving about. You would assume that someone might have seen something, so you'd have to be quite sneaky to get in here. Shall we? This is the body. We have anointed him to not decay quickly. Good move. I'm going to hit that that good, good medicine check. Mm-hmm. Can I assist? You can. So you have advantage if you want. Mm-hmm. Especially with Herifax's knowledge of the Drakkar anatomy. Uh, Want to hit me with guidance? Sure. I'll do well. 24, right? Mm-hmm. That is 27. <laughs> stacks upon stacks. Um, so it does take you a minute to sort of sort out how Drakkar work. You've gotten to work on Harithax a little bit, so you have way more insight than you would have like a year ago. But this one, you can tell with pretty minimal study, was asphyxiated. Mm-hmm. They died by being choked. So, like, I'm just imagining Harithax carefully explaining to me the differences in anatomy as I'm, like, processing through things. I'm mm-hmm. like, so tell me about this. What's this? Cool. Got it. Okay. Bam. You can see that there's a little bit of rusty colored viscera under the claws mm-hmm. of this Drakkar. So there was probably some sort of struggle, but they were killed by being choked out. Interesting. So, Arthax, how long do you think it would take to strangle something like this? I mean, to my knowledge, most reptiles are capable of holding their breath for considerable amounts of time. And these are aquatic creatures. Right. The Azure Dragonborn, you said, can hold their breath. They're not, they don't, they're not amphibious. They can't breathe water. They, they can't. can't, but they have a very long duration of being able to like hold their breath underwater. Part right. of this, though, you can tell is like the windpipe was actually like collapsed. Right. There's probably a degree of internal bleeding from the pressure. Mm. I can hold my breath longer than most humans. These creatures put me to shame. Blood force trauma? Yeah, it looks like there was some impact along with the choking. Any idea of what it might have been from? Um, Probably something wrapped around their neck, something with a lot of tension. Squeezed then, okay. Mm. Whatever did this had to have been very strong. It crushed the, the trachea with presumably not that much effort. Otherwise, it would have given it time to fight back. Uh, check under the nails for any uh, mm-hmm. residue. Yeah, it looks like they put up a fight. There was a little bit of scratching. What is dried blood? Flesh? Uh, you don't see any flesh, no. Mm-hmm. Any scales or things like that in the in the area around us? Uh, go ahead and roll me an investigation check. Okay. I am not great with the investigation. Who here is good <laughs> at investigation? Krista's like quite good. Krista, yes. can you look for any signs of struggle or any other evidence around here? Oh, yes, sure. You want to cast guidance on Chris? I will. So you could add a D4 to your roll for investigation. Right. Uh, <laughs> this guy, yeah, I get dice confused sometimes. Um, uh, my guidance takes we... the form of bioluminescent fungi on the walls starting to glow. Nice. That is 20 total. Nope, sorry, that's 25. Sorry. Oh, go. I was going to say. Mm. I'm I like, can't see the dice from here. You but... got 20 on your dice, boy. You got to add yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Um. Fantastic. You look around and in this area, there's a lot of debris on the ground from what looks like reptile bedding and shed eggs. But you find what looks like a strand of some sort of really thick leather that was maybe ripped off of something. Hmm. A very long, narrow strip of it. Leather or skin? Leather. It's been tanned, yes. Is it the right size that if you held it up to the neck, it would be the similar to the choking? It's way too small. Something that was probably ripped off of something much larger. Would you say it's from armor or something else like that? or Probably not armor. If you had to guess, it was more like a leather rope type of thing. This is probably like a strand from that. Gotcha. So Chris will take Arvid aside. Arvid, I, I need your help with something. Uh, of course. Will you take my hands? <laughs> sure. I'm going to try to do something a bit differently. So Chris is going to do essentially trying to bring out any magic in the areas so that Arvid can see. He's not using his sorcerer's powers to do it, so mm-hmm. he's, he has to close his eyes and rely on Arvid's sight, but he's, like, trying to bring that whole thing to light. Like, like a if, detect magic Ar- sort of Arvid thing? Arvid yeah. uses his, his innate detect magic ability yeah. to help. Yes. I guess I'm a, then assisting. Yeah. Am I assisting you? 
Sure. Sure. I guess I will inspire. I don't know if either one of us was rolling, but I will inspire somebody. <laughs> uh, you pick up on, you have to tune in really careful because this is from like several days ago. There mm. is a degree of divine magic attached to the corpse itself. You're guessing it's probably a kind of preservation to keep the body from decaying quickly. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of what feels like a nasty enchantment in the area that sort of leads out to the water. Just like a thin trail of it. Oh, are we able to make that trail visible to the rest of the members of the party? You could follow it, but you don't have the ability to let other people see what you can see magically. Okay. Do you see what I'm seeing, Ovid? I am. Huh. It feels like some dark enchantment. While they're doing this, Hardithax is going to kneel next to the body and pull out an herb and sort of crush it into a paste mm-hmm. and then just breathe really deep, just... And their eyes roll back into their head, and then they exhale mm-hmm. into the body, and I cast Speak with Dead awesome. on the corpse, well, which is the first time you guys have seen me do Well, this. they are doing um, uh, that. Do you mind getting Mortiforce? I think he might be particularly useful. I don't know if he can swim, but I... We're not looking for swimming. Okay. We're looking for smelling. Okay, bye guys. so uh you get three questions that you can ask this and you see like the cavity of the lungs like start to fill up and there's a little bit of like a popping and gurgling as a little bit of life enters the throat of this thing they don't have to be yes or no questions do they no just questions what happened to you something came from behind and crushed my throat quickly did you see it I saw the shape of a beast like me, but shorter and wider, slimy, smooth. I'll turn to the group. We get one more question. So this was something draconic then, and it was, but the slimy and smooth. Something like that. I'm trying to think of what something like that would be. Hmm. Five questions, not three questions. Oh, great. Yeah, so actually, I've got three questions left. Do dragonborns have good sense of smell? Maybe there was a whiff of something in the air at that time. Well, let's go over what we know versus what we do not know. Right now, we know he was attacked. We know it was a violent action. We know it was something that was presumably reptilian or something similar, perhaps amphibious. We know that whatever it was doing, was it did it intentionally. And we do not know what that was, where it might have gone, or... Ugh, hmm. You want us to clarify the look like him thing? See if it's actually, it was draconic? Yeah. Okay. I think that's important. It was draconic or dracar? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was not a dracar. It was a sea beast. Two arms, two legs, long tail, sad eyes. Sahuagin? Maybe. Um, he saw its eyes, though. We mm. just learned that. <clears throat> Was it just the one? Just one creature. I was killed by one. I heard footsteps, though. Perhaps more. One question left. Yeah, I was going to say that's four. Anything else you can think of that might usefully be able to tell us? Hmm. It was something from the ocean. Mm-hmm. It was something vaguely Bi- dragon or lizard-like. Bipedal-ish. Bipedal-ish. So presumably it's... I guess we can ask other people if they've seen this before. So that's something we're definitely going to want to ask later. Yeah. You got any treasure stashed away? Right. My question. (laughs) Anything you want to tell your family? Where's your loot? (laughs) Boy. I I, I think maybe the last words to the family or things like that. Thanks, soft boy, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, soft boy. Just just as like, anything else you want to say? (laughs) What else would you have us know? We who will avenge you. Yeah, that would be. What else do we need to know? That's a pretty loose question, I know. Tell Mother Naruzaka I would have followed her to the ends of the earth. Well, that tells me that it probably didn't have any more useful information. So, I think it's now it's time to find people who might know something about this. Hopefully, uh, Morty can give us a little bit more information. Yeah, and the next thing you hear is the sound of a loud snuffling. <laughs> as Morty comes down and you hear like a... <laughs> as he licks and gulps up some of this like sulfurous pond water. And then <laughs> decides not to. And oh. the Drakkar are all staring at Morty very strangely, but staying at a distance. Morty, I need you to use our considerable snoofer to see what we can find out about the thing that killed this thing. 
he starts sniffing around like he's wandering around the clutch now like sniffing at every spent eggshell and a little piece of bedding <laughs> like looks around goes down to the water are we having him just uh go forward are we following him should i talk to him i'll follow and yeah he makes a straight shot out of the cave like sniffing along the ground and then goes down to the water and heads out of the cave like along the water like sniffing at the edge of it and then out onto the beach in front of the villa Hmm. i suppose we're all on his tail yeah i mean i assume you can all follow him if you wish cool at what point is he stopping and and like I'm done. If you keep leading him, he'll keep sniffing along the beach, like following the line of the water and just sniffing along. Hmm. Hmm. Do you think he smells it in the ocean or do you think it traveled along the shoreline? I can always, you know, cast a spell, talk to him. Yeah, it seems like the best course. Fearless leader, is that what I should do? I was taking pictures for the Discord. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can speak with animals if you want as a ritual. No. Works for me. Cool. Okay. Cool. So Morty sits and stares at you, obediently wagging his tail as you enact the ritual. Okay, Morty, can you tell us something about the smell? Is it coming from... Came from came from water. Fish. Big fish. Fishy, fish, fish. Like home. Oh. Oh, I didn't know That's you grew cute. up with fish. No, he means our home. That smelled like fish. Oh, the refinery. That's so sweet. Um, I assume. So does the whole ocean smell like it? Little, but this strong, on beach, wow. near water, wet, like snorts out some seawater from his nostrils. Well, it seems like we've been walking this way for a while. Does he remember the Sahuagan we fought before? I don't know if I remember the Sahuagan we fought yeah. before. Well, they, were, they were, oh, they were yeah. zombies, right. but they, they were Sahuagan. Yeah, they attacked the ship. That's right. Do you remember when we were on the big boat? Mm-hmm. Okay, and those scary things that attacked us? Skyboat, big birds. <laughs> no, 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 before that. It was so long ago. Wet boat. Wet boat, yes, the biggest <laughs> one, not the little one. Big wet mean water. Yes, yes. Okay, so there was a creature, a strange creature, probably also smelled similar, maybe a little bit. Dead stuff, yeah. Is this the same thing? No, dead. Big fish live. Big mm-hmm. fish live. But same. But but same besides that? Mm, different fish. Okay. Stink there's a fish. lot of fish in the sea. Stink fish. Stink fish. Big stink fish. All right, guys. So there's some kind of big stink fish. The. So we have some kind of fish people. Presumably they know about this place long before. You don't just go in because you think maybe I could steal some sick ass eggs. And they're bipeds with tails. That's pretty uncommon, right? The. We need to go talk to the den mother. I have an idea and I don't like the implication. What do you think? Hags. 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 What is hag? Um, a kind of evil fey witch. They steal children. Gross. And there are aquatic varieties. Oh. I didn't know. If it is, what do we need to know? What do we need uh, prepared for? We should be prepared for a coven. And uh, you see that the den mother and two of the younger dragonborn are out on the beach now, just kind of watching you, seeing if they can aid in any way. Wave them over. What have you found? Your beast. He seems swift to the trail. If you think that's swift, just drop some food. <laughs> I, I put out my hand to take hers, and assuming she takes You can it. see her like calculate the human gesture in her head for a moment, and then she puts out her two claws and kind of grabs your hand. Yes. Like a sandwich. He wanted you to know he would have followed you to the ends of the earth. She nods in a calm reverence. He was a good boy. More uh, years that. <laughs> idea Harthax has an idea that we'd like to discuss with you. We have questions. Recently, when you were scouring the bottoms, did you raid anything you haven't raided before? Anything that would have upset other denizens of the deep? We are very careful when we take. There are territories under the water. Many creatures live in the Alcaran Sea. We stay to where we are allowed. But sometimes we do find strange things. It's true. Usually the hob will take them and sell them to the other Alcarans. Maybe you came across the uh, shipwreck that inside maybe looked like it might have had habitation? Mm, we have not found a shipwreck in some time. We used to find many when we started, but we are very good at our job. We have cleaned them out. Nothing unique or, or unusual recently? There have been some strange things. The hob takes most, but we may have some still. What did you salvage before this incident? Go and fetch the last catch. 
and one of the soldiers goes back. In a moment, he returns with like a wooden tray, looks like driftwood kind of latched together. And there is a series of like really old rusted up coins and some goblets, uh, what looks like a completely ruined scroll case with some liquid in it. And there's kind of a large stone disc, kind of like a coin, but maybe like three inches across. And it just has an eye carved into it. Like uh, the eye that we saw at the villa? Or... This isn't like a spectator. This just looks like a very wide open, strange eye like carved an, very, very elegantly. Like an evil eye? Like in real life? I mean, it looks, it has a sinister look to it. Okay. Hmm. Maybe this is important. Perhaps. Have you ever encountered sea hags? Long ago, there were many more of those in the area, but when the humans came, the Myrmidon warriors killed them. There may be some, but I have seen none. Do you have dealings with the Myrmidon? The Myrmidon is both a creature far from here and the name of the Alcaran Navy. Ah, well, it is possible that your eggs have been taken by the hags. <sighs> it could be something else. Or I look at Morty and I say, enthusiastic companion smells fish. If I said bipedal fish with tail, is this something you would understand? Do you know what this might mm. be? There are many things that may fit. There are... They are not as fish-like, but the Sahuagin. There are marrow. There are some breeds of merfolk that have two legs like the Tritons. There are the Kiwatoa. There are creatures that are humans by day and sharks by night. So lots. Hags don't typically have tails. It could could be something else. Kiwatoa seems most likely, if I had to guess. But yeah, there's no way to know at this point. All we can do now is follow the trail and hope for the best. What about your your magics? Is there something that might help us investigate the deeps? Hmm. You would need a spell of water breathing if you were to explore underwater. That is almost certain. Is that something readily available to us? I could do such a thing. It has a duration, but before you leave, it is possible, yes. Before we do this, you have to understand that I will be half of my functionality if I were underwater. Hmm. You also have a magic item in the party that can cast water breathing on the group. Oh, that's true. Mm. I forgot about that. Um, you've used half your spell slots already? Half of my spells are all fire. Ah, okay. I don't know if you've ever tried to cast a firebolt mm-hmm. water, but it mostly just makes a lot of steam. Mm. If you want bubbles, I can do that. I can cast a spell on you if you wish before you go, but I would be lying if I said I did not wish for you to leave with urgency. I think it is best we move. Unfortunately, Morty will not be able to join us if we go in the water. I mean, I can cast water breathing on him, but... He can't dive. I guess that's probably true. Yeah. Dog's not good at that. They can, like, a little bit, but not like people. Yeah. Well, if you wish for a water breathing ritual to be done to you, she will do that. If not, she will offer you any other aid. She says, you can keep the eye if you wish. It means nothing to us. Um, the hob did not want it. It is made of stone. Chris, is the eye magical? Ah, uh, maybe Ovid might have a better sense. Ovid? I think I can only um, do that once every day or so. I, I'm I'm not feeling the ability to call it up again. I can try. I could use a bit of time to prepare before we go below. Okay. I did not prepare that for the day. Well, um, Chris is going to inspire himself. Um, just, just be like, okay, let's breathe. Breathe, don't... Don't think about that thing. <laughs> and um, what kind of check should I be doing? Uh, Arcana. This is different than a detect magic, but you might be able to gain some insight about it. I'm going to use a bit of luck. Okay. That's a lot better. That is 25. All right. Again, you're not detecting any like magical auras. That's a full different ritual, but you can tell the way that this is scribed. It's very likely that these runes could have some sort of arcane magic in them. Well, uh, I see runes along here. I mean, this has to be some arcane something. Are you guessing? No, I know. I, you ha- you've seen this rune before. This this particular one. Maybe not in this configuration. I'm this not one. arcane. I deal mostly with gods. <laughs> this is all Greek to me. <laughs> May I roll an arcana check to see how much Haruthax knows about hags? Uh, sure, that'd probably be history. Okay, I do that too. I'm better at arcana. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, 12. What specifically are you trying to recall? Um, if I know about hag's eyes. Ah, uh, you don't think that this has anything to do with the hag coven. Okay. At least the things that you've seen from them. 
Okay. They usually have like a stone that they imbue with many things like that or a heart, um, things like that. But you okay. haven't heard anything about hags using eye marks, okay. save for like spell casting. Sure. I don't know if it's a hag. Some of the clues add up, but some of them don't. Based on the tale situation, I'm thinking it's something else. Not to say they wouldn't be in command of a hag or something like that. Um, mm. Guys? Yes. This might be the perfect time for me to use my disguise still. So I can disguise as the matron and 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 one of you can make um you know the the magic the um, you know like a sleight of hand magic thingies. You can make some mm -hmm. eggs and like I can li wait wait for it and then when it comes bam hmm. snap him. We don't have any reason to believe that they will come back anytime soon. Also, how does mm. long does your disguise self last? I don't know. I think an hour. Well, we could paint me blue. I think we should definitely <laughs> keep that on the back burner just in case we come across it's these creatures. Plan, right? If we come it across is. these creatures, you could turn it into one and do a little bit of infiltrating. Do ah. you speak aquatic? What? That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can tell Morty's quite curious about the trail that he's following along the beach right now. He just seems eager to keep sniffing along. I could use a short rest before we carry on because I used uh, Speak with Dead, but... If we want to, we could press on. I'll just only have one spell slot. You left. guys could do a short rest, and I could follow Morty until he. If you scout ahead while we rest, this is a good idea. Since we're going to be probably fighting something, Hurthex is going to put their predator's panoply armor back on. Okay. Can I change my prepared spells during short rest? Uh, long rest. Dang. Dango, dingo. Why didn't we get told it was going to be an aquatic mission before we got here? <laughs> So you guys are going to take a short rest while Arvid follows Morty out onto the beach? Mm, duh. All right. You can tell by the way Morty's trailing it that he hasn't lost the trail yet. It stays near the beach at all times, and it seems to go quite a ways. And this is going away from the city, so the direction you're headed is out towards, like, Alcaran jungly wilderness and not towards Denmazir. And the beach becomes vast. There's lots of stone outcroppings. There's lots of gulfs that carve inward and he doesn't seem to be slowing down. Go ahead and roll me a perception check. And at this point, you're probably like an hour away as they're doing their resting up. That's not great. Yeah, that's just a nine. Yeah, you don't spy anything on the distance other than Morty following the beach. There's like some islands like way out that you can see from here. Okay, so following him still? Yeah, um, unless you want to go back and get the group before you go further. You could wait there for us to catch up too. I thought the idea was to go ahead until I saw something, anything, and then turn back. No. Yeah, you you mm -hmm. going halfway and not knowing anything isn't going to help us. Yeah. So keep going until I find something or until it's been long enough that I think they'll be worried. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, you go a little further and you can see in one of these gulfs closer to the cliffside, uh, there's what looks like smoke from a low burning fire. Hmm. Um, and as you get closer, you can see it's not necessarily a campfire. It looks like there was something over here that recently burned down, perhaps like a small hut or a tiny building of some kind. And as you get close, you can see from the beach vantage point, the cinders and broken down pieces of this burned down hut and what looks like a series of bodies scattered along the beach around it. And there's one figure that's still standing there. And it's a very, very large horse. And you see the horse with its head down near one of the corpses, what you think is sniffing. But then there's a crunch. And as it lifts its head back up, it pulls up a mouthful of entrails and sinew. And it tilts its head back and gulps down the meat. Okay, I got this great joke about a Kamarian warhorse. Okay, uh, let's hear it. So this badass Kamarian knight comes riding into Midras on his warhorse. You know, like they do. Stops at a local tavern to drown his woes. Kamaris being a loving hellscape and all that. So he leaves his horse outside, doesn't even tie it up. The thing's trained. Uh -huh. So he plops down at the bar and starts putting them away. Beer, whiskey, beer, whiskey. Old tavern watches. A whole lot of tension. After about an hour, he gets up and walks out the door to see that his horse is gone. Oh boy. Right? So he calmly turns around, walks back into the bar, pulls out his sword and cuts the piano clean in half. One swoop. Place is dead silent. Says real loud, I'm going to drink one more beer. If my horse isn't back by the time I'm done, I'm going to have to do something I don't want to. Everyone's shaking in their boots. One fellow starts starting out the door. Kamarian finishes his beer. There's a commotion outside and he steps out to see that his horse is back. Jaw soaked in blood, mouth full of meat and bones, and the dead horse thief at his hooves. Kamarian climbs back up in the saddle and gets ready to leave. Last second, the bartender runs out to ask him, what was it you would have done that you didn't want to do? 
Kamarian gives his horse a good pat on the head and says, Pay for horse feed. <laughs> I need some good quality messages from our sponsors to get that awful joke out of my head. Join us right after this break. Hey there, Bonrick Xbreaker here with a special episode of Getter Dungeon. Now, uh, we've been working on all kinds of dungeons over the past few seasons, so I thought we'd have a little fun and uh, take a tour of a beautiful example of a well-maintained, classic-style dungeon. Now, uh, this is my old friend Baron Rathmore, who is the proud owner of the Vault of Relication. Well, thanks for agreeing to let us take a tour of your dungeon, Baron. Um, me and I'm sure the viewers are real excited to get a peek under the hood. Bonrick, the pleasure is all mine. You've been a valuable resource of knowledge over the past years, and I'm a big fan of the show. Ha! Well, boy, howdy, thanks. Well, first of all, uh, what can you tell us about your dungeon? The vault dates back to the pre-Signian era, utilizing Remtexian subterranean architecture. The walls and ceiling are made primarily with regional limestone, with granite supports. It has a total of 13 chambers, which as we both know is a mystical number, Ah, bingo. As well as the vault itself, encased in adamantine with over 8,000 cubic feet of storage within it. <whistles> the vault was once used as a holding place for cursed or forbidden items. I take it that hasn't changed too much. <laughs> right you are. And the innermost walls and portals of the structure are laced with Gorgon's blood, preventing any intervention of teleportation, as well as runes in place to prevent scrying. Good golly, this baby has a lot going for it. Even the name, The Halls of Relocation, inspires curiosity. It compels entry without overdoing the foreboding verbiage. Now we've bypassed the front entrance, a beautiful set of double doors that can only be revealed by the blue light of Himmelstone, and some uh, masterfully embossed hands gripping a centralized heart, almost as though the doors are gonna rip the heart asunder. And that requires a series of language-based riddles to actually open, a two for two for great esoteric defenses. Yes, and those who failed would find themselves doused with a deadly wave of acid. Now, it's so important to remember to change out your acid every year or so to make sure it maintains a nice, powerful, corrosive pH. Very apt, Bonerick. Now I can't wait to show you what rests within these halls. Fantastic. Well, tune in next time and uh, we'll inspect this beauty top to bottom. And let me tell you, you're in for some real surprises. Oh, mind the dot trap. Oh, hot dang, that was a smooth fire. Uh, we'll check that out in the next one. Well, thanks for watching Get Her Dungeon, exclusively on the Nexus Enterprise. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hello, my precious LUQDs. How's everybody doing today? We are hammering towards our one-year anniversary, and I just cannot express my excitement enough. We got some big and exciting changes coming up, and I just really can't wait for you guys to see them. I want to give some personal thanks to our Patreon legendary team. That's Jeff Ammons, Dave Mladenov, Isaac Davies, Jack Phillips, Christian Wiseman, Zan Cam, Jen Finch, Erie Lunarose, and Maisie. You are the greatest. Now, a big Patreon announcement. We are going to be moving forward with creating those legendary teams we were talking about to consolidate our rapidly growing tier of legendary patrons. If you are a legendary tier subscriber, please shoot an email to admin at slapdashstudios.com with a name you would like for your team. The teams will all vote on what name they want, and then those will be featured on our anniversary show, which means we've got about two weeks and change to get those in. We'll be reaching out to everybody directly just in 
in case you haven't caught up and you aren't, you're not hearing this in time or whatever. But I'm really excited to go forward with this. I'm super excited to see how this idea can be implemented into the world and other stuff. And it's just, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. If you want to get a personal message on the show, or if you're interested in promoting a business or podcast of your own, just shoot an email to admin at studioscom If you want to support the show in other ways, check out our website, theluq.com. There's an affiliate link to Level Up Dice, a manufacturer of the finest luxury dice. And every click and purchase counts towards helping us out. And honestly, you just want these dice. They're amazing. But I can think of one other way you can support the show. Think of me as your patron, and I have a quest for you. We need more LUQTs, and that means we need you to get the word out. Every person listening to this right now, I would like you to reach out to three individuals, three people with a link to the LUQ.com, and a suggestion to dig deep into our world. Let's grow this amazing community together, and drive League of Ultimate Questing to the top of the rankings. You have your mission, and we wish you luck. the same old chanting, praying, and gestures of faith? Drop those dusty old gods and get yourself a new god. Come visit the Church of Letrasel, master of earthly delights. Warm up at our open bar, sample our buffet of alchemical mind candies. Step up to the rail and put your donation in the tray as our priests and priestesses give you a sermon of the flesh. Or you can visit one of our one-on-one confessional booths to really get things off your chest. One-year membership to the church comes with weekly access to the sauna, the juice bar, and the oiled lust pit. Letracell wants to send your mind to new heights of bliss. They are a divine sexual entity with infinite, ever-changing, perfect genitalia. And your passion and pleasure give them strength. So redefine your faith. Open your heart and mind to the ways of earthly pleasure with the Church of Letracell. We've got thoughts and prayers. Arvid and Morty are on the Alcaran beach looking at the burning wreckage of a small building, and there near it is a very large horse that seems to be feasting on the corpses surrounding the building. What would you like to do? That's fucking nasty for one, but um <laughs> I okay, so like as soon as you see something, turn back and, and help with Franz, right? But this thing doesn't look like it's related to my situation, right? To our search. This thing doesn't have a tail and it's it's quadrupedal. It's very quadrupedal. It does have a tail, but not like, you know, not a slimy. Shirt. Hey, yo, are you a fish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Morty gets his ackles up a little bit and seems concerned by this very large creature. Maybe if we just walk past it it'll leave us alone right no uh, we'll just stroll past the corpse eating horse i'm Can sure it'll be fine it's probably a carrion feeder uh go ahead and roll me a stealth check okay you also might want to consider rolling a uh, animal handling or knowledge nature to see if if that looks like a carrion feeder to you <laughs> Horses are well-known carrion feeders. Yes. <laughs> uh, I got a 10. Um, but yeah, Morty's low growl and you're just... Mumbling to myself yeah. about what should I do. You see it raise its head and look your way. And it starts to turn and square up a little. It starts to like paw its hoof into the sand. Um, and you see it drop from its massive mouth, the corpse of a goblin that's been half consumed. Oh, buddy, we're on the same team. I can tell. Just go ahead and have your lunch. Um. Do you want to try me an animal handling check to... <laughs> Did she get advantage now on this advantage. one? Yes, because you're a furbolg. He, he needs a nosh. So that's 13 on the die, and uh, that's 18. Okay. Um, you managed to calm this thing down by using your kind of furbolg animalistic language. It seems like it's kind of aggressive, and it looks like it's, despite the fact, surrounded by what is it treating as food uh it seems somewhat emaciated like you could see its ribs a little bit and it's just kind of on the defensive but you soothe it you calm morty down the tension is kind of dying and it starts to clop towards you kind of curiously oh if i had time i would get you well fed i would i would take you home and name you something like charlie mm. Jeez. you pull out your good berry 
It's a button. Yeah. Good button. <laughs> Can I give him my button? <laughs> it's yours to use as you wish. Yes, He's I got give food. Him. He's got food right there. <laughs> well, it's not the right kind of food. Maybe he doesn't know what horses are supposed to eat. Do you know if horses, or excuse me, do you know if carnivores can eat mushrooms? I don't know. Um, and as it gets closer, you can see that this horse is much larger than your standard horse. It's like a full head taller than your average war horse. Its hair is a bit shaggier than any kind of mainland horse you've seen. And it has a very thick pair of tusks protruding from its bottom jaw. Its teeth are not flat. It has sharp chompers. I have no idea what this thing is. Um, I guess uh, Arvid will kind of use the soft, low speaking to a horse voice and just kind of say stuff like, you lost out here? Are you okay? Do you need any help, little guy? And he can passively understand me. Um... But probably Mm -hmm. just going to be like, hey, are you okay? And then like, well, I got to go. Right. (laughs) It just kind of looks you in the eyes and you see like a little glint of like red, just very deep in its eyes. And I'll have you roll me a nature check just to get that out of the way. Now that you're studying it up close. So 14. All right. Um, Well, you grew up in the mountains that surround it. So you've actually probably heard the tale of uh, Kamarian war horses. They are a species of very powerful steed that is raised in Kamaris to survive in that hellscape. They have adapted omnivorous tendencies. They eat both meat and plants. They're very aggressive. They're very powerful. And you have no idea why this one is so far away from its its homeland. Well, I think I will give it my berry. Okay. Uh, You pop out the magic button button from your (laughs) Artyom skin pouch and it sniffs it curiously, but you've kind of bonded a little bit of trust with it and it gulps it down and then it kind of nuzzles you. pushes its big nuzzle against your face. Oh, man. I I do want to bring him back. Uh, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. It's... I can't leave him out here. He'll starve. Okay, yeah. Arvid's going to uh, be like, Morty, we can, we can get back to the task at hand later, but for now, I think we need to take care of this guy. He's lost or something. Come on, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. So you guide this steed along and you can tell based on the way it's responding to you it's probably used to having some sort of trainer or, or handler of some kind he is lost and you're not sure why it was near a little burnt down goblin hut just eating the bodies but there's no sign of any human corpses or ships near here and uh, yeah it follows you back to the villa and you all see arvid return from the beach with this massive shaggy tusked horse fish fish we said not horse what <laughs> Is it even the fucking horse? <laughs> Look at its tusks. I'm pretty sure it's carnivore horse. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, folks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going and we were looking, but look at him. He's so, he's alone. He lost oh. his person. Looks like he has Gear up. Eaten. Let's go. We've already burned enough daylight waiting for Alfred to fail to scout. Okay, can I, I? I'm sure I can catch up with you folks if uh, if I just take him back to a stable somewhere and and leave him there so that he's Hub safe. has a stable. Hurry okay. the fuck up. Okay, run ahead. Do One that. of the Drakkar soldiers is like, "We will take him above. Is he safe?" Um, I. Huh. He seems okay. Yeah, he's fine. No worry about it. <laughs> There's a couple of snaps of teeth, but it will take it up there. <laughs> it's been a weird day. <laughs> And we're just getting stuff. <laughs> oh. Let's go. Let's go. So you uh, follow the path that you had taken up to that point. You again see the burned down building with the dead goblins around it. Um, now there are like seagulls and seabirds that are getting there now that this giant ter- scary horse is gone. And you continue further on the beach. Uh, Marty has not lost the scent of this very stinky fish thing. He even lets you know that it seems to be getting stronger. Guys, we're getting close. Do we not want to look over the goblin hut at all? Goblins. Nobody cares about goblins. Loki, is there anything worth... Okay. At a glance, you see <laughs> goblin corpses that have been feasted on. What CR is a goblin? They're not CR1, right? I think a quarter. Oh, yeah. No hard respects. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That was my thought process. What, I almost thought if... you were going to do that to the dragonborn when you were doing uh, Speak With Dead. But um, what if you do it on four livers? Yeah. Four goblin livers? No, all the livers. The first for thing some, eaten. For, for some reason, I thought you had to eat it whole. So I'm just imagining you're trying to like unhinge your jaw yeah. and just full on just like hoover yeah. up this goddamn goblin. Can I make a flesh golem out of the goblins and then take their liver to make their CR higher? It's like a challenge. That's like a level 15 plan. Um, <laughs> so That is a level 15 plan and we are level seven heroes let's go ahead and take, a, take a fucking minute right. 
Um, and you guys have been on a lot of, you know, beaches in Leone now since you live on the coast and everything. And they're usually kind of messy. There's like some refuse and human garbage. Uh, the beaches you've been traveling on here are impeccable. They have been cleaned very thoroughly. Um, and as you get further and further from Menra, you see that the beaches start to get very rocky closer to the cliffs. There's less sand and a narrower gap between land and water. As we're walking, I kind of pull Arvid aside. You wasted up to three hours of their time. Those eggs were taken some time ago, and we do not know what happened to them. When they send you to scout, I expect you to scout. I'm glad that you found a friend. But next time, think about it carefully. And understand that when there is a time limit, there is a time limit. If we find those eggs anything less than perfect, you have to understand that that might be because of you. Um, okay. I'm sorry for being harsh, but I am very worried about these children. My apologies, Team Captain. <laughs> Morty like, gently licks your hand. I appreciate that. And hopefully, at the very least, we'll come out of this with a new friend. So back on the scouting trail, I'm going to have Arvid roll me a survival check to follow the path that Morty is kind of blazing for you. Ten, and that's fifteen. Okay. Uh, you follow along the beach, and Morty tells you the smell's getting stronger and stronger the further you get. And as the beach gets really rocky, you come across what looks like some areas where the remaining sand has been pushed in perhaps where a ship was moored at some point, and there are a couple of really large cavities of sand and rock that have been dug out. These huge drag marks that sort of lead to the face of the water, and it's surrounded by some stony cliffs with a lot of little alcoves and coverings. So I definitely recognize the ship dragging mark, but the other marks, something dug out, does that, does that ring a bell to me, or should I investigate it? Yeah, and you can use that as part of your survival. You can see what looks like three very large holes that have been kind of dug out. The sand is very loose. The stones have been moved and cast aside. And there's one that's just kind of like a mound with some rocks and pebbles and twigs like sticking up out of it. And as you look down into one of these little basins, you see what looks like a series of shattered pieces of eggshell. A single tear wells up in my eye. Arvid will say in a bit of a broken, shaky voice, I think I found something. And then start digging at the mound. As you begin to dig at the mound, you can feel a little bit of like movement in the earth underneath you. And this mound is very large. Like it's 15 feet across, 10 feet tall. And uh, as you begin to dig, your hand goes in and it starts to cave in on itself. And there's a very loud rumbling sound as a shape emerges from the soft sand and stone pushing away like a massive beak that pushes itself out. And as the land begins to pull away, a lumbering large beast with huge flippers pulls itself out of this hole. And you see a giant turtle tears itself out of this underground cavity. Uh, we're all going to roll initiative. I will be using the level up opalite dice and the raised obsidian. Mm. I wanted to bring my level up dice because we're working with them now. So, yeah, look, I'm using them during the show. All right. So the turtle, believe it or not, is slow. <laughs> what? We There's need a whole to give you like a glowing dice tray just to oh, really no. accent those dice. Mm. Uh, I got a five plus three, so. I, wow. I got a 21. Dexterity is plus one. I have an 18. And Arvid? 17. All right. So the first to react, the, despite the fact that Arvid is toe-to-toe -to -toe with this emerging baby turtle, is Chris. So Arvid's like right up on it? Yeah, and it's tearing out of the ground. Its big flippers are pulling it from this hole. Chris will, uh, sorry, I'm trying to think of how to flavor it. I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers. Okay. But I don't know how to flavor it. While you're thinking about that, yes, I just please. want to make the comment that Chris uh, reacted first because he felt the vibrations. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I like that. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to go with that. So, yeah, Chris reacted first because he felt the vibrations. And then he saw this huge thing come out. And he's like, oh, fuck. And then he can't help but release for the first time what is known as Dissonant Whisper. And what you hear is this, go away. Cool. So, yes. What kind of saving throw am I making? Hey, fuck off, though. A wisdom <laughs> saving throw. Could you just not? <laughs> I got a 19. Oh, no. But it still takes half damage. Oh. I rolled six total, so okay. it takes three. How do those dice work? What's the F stand for? One. Okay. Just want to make. Are they Final yeah. Fantasy dice? Yes. Okay. F stands yeah. for fuck you. I was going to say, like, I, yes. what's the Roman numeral for F? Like, <laughs> I don't think that belongs on a D6. <laughs> a, a fucking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking one. Uh, so there is kind of a blast of sonic energy and this thing, like literally its first experience as it rips up into the world is you magically bombarding its brain. Um, but it, I am born. Fuck. It, <laughs> the world is a terrible place. <laughs> shakes it off and lets out this. 
like a wet, spittily baby cry into the air. Oh, it's Ooh. a baby. Oh, no. That brings us to Harithax. Does this creature bear any resemblance to creatures I saw in my visions of Selvarax? Wasn't there some sort of big thing in the bottom of the lake? Uh, one of the things that ferried your people to this new dimension is a giant dragon turtle. Uh-huh. This looks like a little tiny baby version of... of uh, like, the one that you was on... You were on is like a giant godly version right. of the very large thing of which this is a baby of. Okay. You know, I think Haruthax is going to run up to it and speak in Drakkar and try and calm it down. Okay. Honestly. Sure. Uh, let's see uh, animal handling. Uh, I'll, I'll be like, Chris, no, not this. And run up and, and you know, shush, 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 shush. It's okay. It's okay, baby. It's okay. <laughs> oh. What's oh, your total? Um, could, could my bonus action have been to <laughs> inspire Arthax? If it had been, but it's past that. Damn it. What's um, the animal handling's uh, wisdom? Uh, charisma. Was it charisma? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that makes it a seven then. Well, mm. uh, you're still a foreign creature shouting at it in a language it doesn't actually understand. Okay. Um, so your heart's in the right place, but this baby's in panic mode as the first thing it sees is something charging towards it now. And it does not seem to respond with a calming response. Um, that'll bring us to Arvid, who is face-to-face with the baby. Okay, I'm going to take a, a leaf from Harothok's book, and Arvid is going to try to... Yeah? The same thing, the animal handling check. Okay. Uh, and he's going for, like, a try to stay with it. I don't know. I was going to say, like, get on it, and then I was like, that's probably grappling. <laughs> Ride it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, be against a shell and be like, hey. Certainly, yeah. Um, uh, you do not have advantage on this one. You do against things like beasts and animals, but this is technically a draconic creature. Ooh. So let's see the calming of the babe. <laughs> I rolled a seven, but that is a 12. All right. Uh, so the two of you... Stop trying to make friends with it. We don't need more animals. <laughs> uh, it's panicking, looking from one to the other of you, seeming like it just needs to get away. It's it's in panic mode, for sure. You're trying your best to calm it down, but this thing, even though it's just born, you can see in its eyes like an intense level of intellect. It's processing things maybe even faster than any of you can. It has a, a very deep intelligence, which will make it its turn. And it's going to definitely use its move to try to pull itself out and slide down the beach towards the water. But before it does that, it's going to use a self-defense mechanism and it's going to usher out a cone steam breath. So we're going to get a constitution save from, uh, this is just Haruthax and Arvid. You guys are right in front of it. Uh, the rest of the group can like feel the blast of the steam as it opens its mouth, but it's not big enough to hit them. Nine. I also get a nine. Okay. This is going to hurt. I'm just going to go with the average damage on this one because I don't want to have to roll all these <laughs> dice. Uh, so you both take 30 points oh, of like fire damage. Half. What? And with its movement, you can take attacks of opportunity if you want. It's going to belly up onto the sand and just slide its way towards the water. Yeah, Herithax did not take uh, attack against the holy shepherd of their people. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah it panics it lets out a roar opens its mouth and just unleashes a pure primal conduit from the plane of steam and blasts you both cooking your skin in the face and slides away and you see its body as it comes up out of the sand it has a long dragon like tail dragging behind it and there's pieces of shell that are like coming off of its shell like eggshell that are peeling away obscuring what looks like probably the nest it was born in and is climbing out of towards the ocean. Bringing us to Artyom. This thing is now like five, ten feet away from you, just sliding towards the ocean. I just step to the side and let it go. (laughs) Get the fuck out of the way. Later, turtle. (laughs) Um, And while you're doing that, I want you to roll me a perception check. Okay. That is a 14. All right. Uh, That's pretty good. So you let the turtle pass and get out of the way. And as you look back to kind of where it came from, there's like an alcove with cliffs all around in here. Lots of dark cast shadows and little hidey places up in the walls. You can see that you didn't notice because of the distraction of this explosion from the ground. There are a group of figures coming out from the caves. Some of them are up in like vantage points. And they look like humans wearing dark gray cloaks with masks over their faces and their hands are on the hilts of curved blades. And they're watching what you're all doing and stepping forward into a very advantageous position around you. There's maybe like 25, 30 of them scattered out through the cliffs and maybe a dozen down on the ground. So it's still my turn? It is your turn, yes. I will step forward, Mm -hmm. weapons away, yeah, and start to walk towards it and say, we mean you no harm. 
and I will ready a fireball in case they pull some bullshit. Okay, so you ready a fireball, and you are now, through your actions, alerting the group that there's clearly people watching. That will bring us to Christ. Christ is picking up on what Harvathax and Arvid are doing. At this point, he's snapping himself out of the, like, oh shit, what, what the fuck just happened? And he's more looking at it like, you know, it's a baby in pain, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um... And he taps into that, you know, universal language of music and enacts an unearthly chorus. Okay. Uh, and in that, it's like full of beautiful sound that the ocean makes. Mm-hmm. So there's a little rhythm to it. And with that, Chris uses his bonus action to make the uh, creature friendly. Okay. Does it make a save against that, I believe? A charisma save. All right. It has such a good charisma score. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this baby turtle. Uh, so I got an 11. It's against my spell DC, right? Yeah, it Which fails. is 15. Awesome. Yay. So it's friendly now. Right. Um, so it's really this, friendly to me. <laughs> again, the universal language of music washes over it, and it realizes it's now returning to its home, that these are not things trying to hurt it. These are not predators that are interfering its path. You make it clear that you guys are just bystanders in the wrong place at the wrong time. What is that? Earth, wind, and fire? You guys are all right. <laughs> <laughs> I picture like with the ocean waves, just like the spa music. <laughs> it's just elevator music. <laughs> Girlfriend in Panema just starts. This is a deep cut, but it's the music that plays whenever one of Griffin's Pokemon dies in the Nuzlocke. Oh. <laughs> the Sea Breeze music. Yeah. <laughs> and that will bring us to Arvid, the big boy. Nice, my turn. Oh, whoops. I'm sorry, I skipped it. <laughs> it's Haruthax. That's right. Haruthax's turn is going to be super exciting. I stagger into the ocean and dunk my scalded face in the <laughs> cold ocean water. Uh, and for the first time, the ocean feels kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the salt water doesn't burn that bad. <laughs> yeah. Dunks and then stands up like, ouch. It's a different kind of suck ass. <laughs> yeah. That's all I do on this turn. That's fine. <laughs> um, Arvid, you are now aware of these numerous cloaked figures with weapons not necessarily out but definitely in hand surrounding you guys in the caves and on the beach is this your turtle (laughs) i like that very much uh anything else all right um so on the enemy's turn quote unquote the turtle is going to continue its path and slide finishing its path to the ocean and starting to drift off submerging itself when it gets deep enough almost with a little flippery wave goodbye at chris its new friend (laughs) Um, as the baby goes away and the figures you see the ones up in the cliffs they're very concerned by these people that are looking down at the beach there's clearly a tension in the air and some of them have crossbows that are leveled but they don't seem to have their hands on the trigger they're just keeping you in their sights and you hear just like whispers of them kind of leaning to each other and like and some of the ones on the ground they're all looking to the center of the cliffs a figure steps forward that seems to be a leader a little bit taller than the rest of them and pulls their hood back and pulls their cloak to one side, approaching your group. And you see a shock of bright blonde hair in a mohawk. And as he pulls the cloak to one side, you see tall, gorgeously made women's boots up past his knee. And he pulls down his mask and says, Ah, mortal Don, I have not seen you since we were swallowed together. Welcome to the den of the Midnight Vipers. <laughs> Looks like the mortal dawn has found an egg, but not the egg they were looking for, as a baby dragon turtle violently fights its way back to the ocean. Ah, the miracle of life is just breathtaking, isn't it, Kip? Today it's just a tiny little barn-sized baby, and in a few decades, it'll be big enough to eat a whole long ship in one bite. Oh. And I'm sure the team is glad that the mother wasn't around. Nah, when it comes to dropping eggs, dragon turtles just cut and run. Survival of the fittest. If the baby doesn't make it back, it wasn't meant to be. It either lives or becomes food for a sea rocker. Maybe a house or some kind of funny beach pixies. Or a, or a real big omelet with like a little, little chive and like some black pepper and Dornish white cheese. And some cooking in some brown butter and uh, some chicken fat. A slice of black bread. Oh, slice of black uh, bread. Storm, you were saying? Oh, yeah, sorry. I uh, <laughs> went to the Yum Yum place. Uh, yeah, yeah, the steam breath. I've seen Dragon Turtle steam breath melt an iron buckle from 30 feet away. Of course, a melted belt buckle's usually all that's left. Well, thankfully, the Mortal Dawn didn't become a delicious snack for this hungry infant, and it seems like they're out of the frying pan and into a den of mystery. Join us next week as we bring you more adventure commentary featuring teams of heroes of every make and model fighting for your viewing pleasure here on everyone's favorite show, The League of Ultimate Questing! 
Jesus, I was wondering when this asshole was going to show up again. <laughs> I know, right? I was thinking the same. Hey, we're back in Al- Alcara. Maybe we'll see this guy again. Mm-hmm. I seriously thought he was going to come up. Like, the whole time I was sitting there like, is he going to make an appearance? Oh, man. Oh, God. What was his name again? Dalazir. Dalazir. We left on good terms with him, I believe. Yeah. There was a degree of allegiance. Yeah, saved we saved his, his life. We literally saved his fucking life. He also kind of helped you fight Baby Ma. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Did, we did a fucking job Kind of, yeah. A little bit. And now Baby Giant Turtle. We we face giant uh, babies oh. together. Yeah, just <laughs> a lot of giant babies in this guy. Everywhere you go with this guy, it's giant babies. <laughs> Tune in next week when we play Tomb of Annihilation. Uh, I like the idea of monster babies as like, uh, like a Saturday morning cartoon. Monster <laughs> babies! <laughs> also, that was like half my health and just one yeah. just, <laughs> I was actually really curious why you guys like why Alante attacked I'm just like uh, we have no idea what this thing's gonna do <laughs> it seemed in flavor and if it worked he would have gone the other way sure mm-hmm. sure yeah it's true well I just have to say I want to thank everyone listening for joining us for the League of Ultimate Questing all of your guys support has been super great and super appreciated we've got so many new patrons so many new legendaries you guys are fantastic um, you're keeping us going and I just got to say, uh, you're the best. So I'm going to go around the table and we'll introduce ourselves. I'm Sam and I'm playing Arvid. I'm Michael. I play Haruthax. I'm Alante and I play Chris Zagrand. I'm Zach and I play Artyom Bokov. And my name is Law and I am the Dungeon Master. And if you're a fan of the LUQ, we would really, really like it if you helped us grow by telling your friends about the podcast. It could be a New Year's resolution to try to help creative groups to grow as much as they can with the power that you have. To force your media tastes on other <laughs> <Yes>. people. <laughs> Best New Year's resolution. So, yeah, just take a moment to share it with your friends. Boost us on social media whenever you can. We have a lot of fun like commercials and memes and stuff out there. So if you ever like those, just share us and tag us and let them people know that like, hey, look, there's funny stuff happening in this direction. New episodes of the LUQ go live every Monday wherever podcasts are available. We'd love it if you visited slapdashstudios.com to get links of all of our social media. You can see Instagram posts and uh, lore from the world, all the episode lists, photos, things like that. Uh, also, I strongly recommend checking out our Discord. It's gotten a lot more lively lately, and we could really use more interaction on there. It's fun stuff, and you can ask us kind of direct questions. Yeah, and if you join our Patreon, you can rise through the ranks of the Discord to talk with just the cast personally, things like that. Um, you can talk to us about dungeon mastering questions or how they play their characters and just have all kinds of fun. We share photos. There are cat memes. There are GIFs. You know how it go. We are also right now looking for questions for our next League of Ultimate questions. If you have any ideas or any thoughts about the world, about this, the way we DM things, about anything related to the way we run luck or even D20 questions, feel free to just shoot us a question and we'll uh, get to it. Yeah, you can direct those to admin at slapdashstudios.com or tag us on social media. Instagram, slap the dash, Facebook, slapdash studios, or Twitter, also slap the dash. Um, you can also join our Patreon. As I said, you get access to character sheets, magic items, digital maps, all kinds of fun trinkets. The bonus episode with Harithax in their off time. Slapdash has another gaming podcast that was just mentioned named D20 Questions. Me and Zach interview fun gaming people in the scene, people like Keith Baker and Marshall Short, and all kinds of fun ways to play D&D are discussed. Alcoholic beverages are consumed and jackassery ensues. <laughs> but we love all you LU cuties more than anything, and we would love to keep growing and questing together. Until next time, we wish you luck.